Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We're heading to Southern California to start the show. And hello to Ryan. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. Welcome. Good morning from the West, Molly. I love your style. Love your show. I'm thrilled to have you. And we have sunshine in New York City, so uh, maybe I can rival the sunny skies that you have. Yeah. Um, so my question for you or comment for you is, you know, if, you're, if you were to look up the definition of, of white privilege <laughs> in the dictionary, my, my picture could very well uh, show up. I'm, I'm a white male who, you know, has access to opportunities and relationships. But I, I do feel this disappointment almost almost shameful because of the events of the country of the last 18 months. And I guess I'd love to hear as a white male, like what advice would you give me to be part of a solution? Ooh, thank you first for bringing this up and being so bold because um, this is the kind of courage that we all need to have. And um, so thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so there's no set answer. I, I think it's so great for you, Ryan, to, to know what's going on for you and the feeling of, mm-hmm. of disappointment, of shame, whatever it is, and not to judge yourself for it or any of the listeners here. Like It's really important to just understand what's going on for you. And I would say personally, I've been going through periods of that myself as I would think many, many around the world are. Like, what is it? What is it? What, what's, what do we feel? And then, you know, I, I think the, the thing that I see missing most is the ability for people to, to really have a grasp of what it's like for other people, which is not, again, to judge it, to make it right or wrong, but to truly learn, to truly create levels of understanding, and not just intellectually, but emotionally, like what does it really feel like? So I think right. folks, you know, like you, and, and I think honoring that, Perhaps, right, doors may have opened, opportunities may have have risen, connections may have been a little bit easier, perhaps. And I don't want to discount for folks, you know, but people worked hard. I get that, right? So I'm not trying to, I don't think we want to take away the the effort that people like yourself have put forth. I think the way you just shared saying, you know, I realize that I may have had um, things in life that have come to me a bit easier than it's been for other people, I just want to acknowledge that. And where are you, whoever that other person is, that other group is, um, and to help create dialogue. Um, You know, as as folks know on the show, like being in good relationship with yourself, what's going on for me, the ability to extend olive branch and and really think about what's it like for other people and to create space. Just creating space, holding space. I've used that term. People have said, what's holding space? Holding space is just that ability for the other person to know that you're there to really hear them, to not judge them, to learn from them. So I'll pause there. How's that landing for you? 
Yeah, it's it's um, it's helpful. It's it's uh, again, I'm I I just can't imagine. Like I, I feel like I live in a bubble and a bubble and a bubble. Meaning, like I'm in Southern California, surrounded by other white people, <laughs> where I live, and so again, it goes back to for me, it shouldn't take somebody losing their life for me to like finally get smacked in the face to realize like how privileged and how lucky I am. And so even, even the idea of like listening to somebody else, how do you do that when you just don't, you know, you don't really have access when everybody looks like you in your neighborhood. Yeah. So this is a great point. One is I wouldn't necessarily judge that people who might look the same had the same background. And I think that's easy um, to do. And so creating space for really asking, you know, what's going on for someone, who are they? Um, starting where you are is great. I think, you know, I had um, in my Our Voices episode, I had a black professional come on and said, look, it's about being proximate. You got to be next door to these people whose lives are very different. And so reaching out and going to places you know, friends of friends and just saying, hey, you know, I'm not here to have some big, you know, um, um, what is it called when you're begging for forgiveness or anything like that? Just saying, look, it, I, I realize that I really want to learn. I want to be better and I want to learn. Would you help me by sharing a little bit about you so that I can learn? Pause. Like there, you just know there has, doesn't have to be a big outcome as a result and you're just creating interaction. Um and then, you know, I think for a lot of folks who ha- have not been used to having the mic, Ryan, I mean, it's really, it's a new thing. And I've, I've, I've talked to folks who have had backgrounds that are not, you know, they're not, they would rather, you know, they, it's part of who they are and they realize that, you know, I could bury it or I could really be upfront about it to help people learn, not to dramatize or have anyone feel sorry for me, but that is a part of my life and it's helped shape who I am. And so realize that, you know, it's not as if people's stories roll off the tip of their tongues. Whenever people are out in the public, you see these people talking, well, they practiced. And so I think when you can give voice to any one person to feel heard, that's a really great step in the right direction. And, you know, I I always like to empower people, you know, if I snap two fingers and -and so-and-so were king of the hill, you know, what could I do? What would you like to have happen? And I think that's how we start to be the positive change we want to see in the world. And, um, and and I think there's a mutual accountability there, I think, for folks whose voices haven't been heard when we start to get heard. So you have to be responsible in using it, right? And so to be constructive, and I understand there's a lot of emotions that are involved and there was injustice and they're wrong, right? I get that. And, right, we've got to be able to have people grieve and go through those processes and then say, hey, how do we all make it better together? And I, you know, I, well, I'm very saddened by the things that are going on and I'm heartened at the same time that we're getting it out there and we can decide, we can intentionally decide to come together and be better. And so I'm really grateful for you for coming on and just raising this topic and figuring out how do we, how do we talk about it? Well, yeah, I love that. I, I, cause I think that's just my truth too. Like I, I do want us to be better. I, I, and I like the idea of being able to, the intentions are pure. So how do you, how do you actually go and ask somebody what's it, what is it like and how can I, how can I just create space to listen and help? Thanks, Molly. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And, you know, one thing I want to say in, in, in putting that out there is, is people may be like, what? Like this guy, you, like I could see someone like wondering and saying, you know, I'm, I'm going through a learning journey myself, so be transparent. 
I'm realizing that it's really important to be to be proximate, to be close to people. And if you'd be willing, which is not a done deal, they may not want to share with you, which is their their right too. But say, you know, I would be grateful if you'd be willing to share and um, and I do the same and I'd like to be a partner. You know, I want to just talk a little bit about words and because um, this came to mind, this word allies, the the notion of standing by people, all lovely. I'm, I'm not judging those as wrong. I do think for some people that may seem very passive. For some people that might be fine. And so I think that through conversations, Ryan, the ability for you to come up with the words, right, so that you can start to have your language and how you might think about it and feel that you have the right to have that too, right? So I, I just want to empower you that as you learn, you're really modeling and helping others uh, to do the same. And and nobody has the answers, my friend, right? So so please know that, you know, we're really all in, in this together. And by shining brightly the way you are, it's, it's a really awesome. And I just think this is... Again, to the optimism that I have, I think this is um, what you're sharing is, is why I feel that way. Do you have uh, a top takeaway? I always like to ask my callers what's coming, what's coming up for you. Yeah, I'm, I would, I'm just processing. Yeah, I think it's just the, as long as my intentions are pure, to be really mindful of the words I use and to, like you said, nobody has the answer. So everybody, that means we're co-creating this together. And um, where I have opportunities to, to, to better understand on my learning journey, take advantage of that and try to really understand what it's like to walk in, in somebody else's shoes. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. I think you have a lot of advocacy. Uh, I can hear it. So you can bring a lot of people along, right? If you decide to put your arm around someone and say, hey, how can I be helpful? What can you do to open a door? The very act of someone feeling that support is amazing and the difference you could make in bringing someone along with you because you have a certain credibility and, and way about you and um, and just know that that uh, walking side by side with others I think is the way we kind of all move forward a bit faster. Um, you know how to reach me. I really appreciate your having the courage to bring this up and uh, I will be cheering for you and I thank you, Ryan, for being part of the solution. You take good care. Oh, I love it. Okay, we're going to move to the Midwest now, and I'm going to welcome Jane from Illinois. Jane, thanks for joining me on Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. So, what? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, It's my pleasure, and it's because of people like you and with people like you that we're all learning together. So, thank you for uh, spending a little time with me. What conversation or situation is on your mind? You know, I've been replaying a scenario um, in my head where I just couldn't find the right words fast enough. Um, I witnessed a conversation between um, a Caucasian man and a young Asian woman. And uh, this man happens to be a professional contact of mine. And this young woman... Um, just happens to be his employee. Um, he had told her, you know, I don't understand how your Asian boyfriend doesn't have an accent, but you do. We need to fix that. And um, it's important to note that, you know, I could understand her perfectly. 
Um, and I just didn't have the words. I was so shocked. Wow. We need to fix that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 2021. Nice. Okay. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Let me recover for a bit. Can you, um, can you share how the young woman responded? She was quiet. It was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, her boyfriend tried to um, change the topic and um, yeah, it was incredibly awkward. Um, part of me wanted to say, did you really say that? Um, I can understand her perfectly. That's, you know, your problem, not hers. And then um, a part of me was thinking, am I making the situation worse um, for saying something yeah. like that? Because uh, it's a small firm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And did you know this gentleman very well? I mean, how was your relationship with him? You know, it was a, it was a new professional contact. Um, you know, I totally recognize my, my bias in the relationship. Um, you know, it was a very educated man, went to a top-notch school, had all these professional accreditations, um, self-identified as a very spiritual and progressive individual. And... You know, I felt asleep at the wheel at the time because um, I was so shocked. It's something that I didn't expect to happen. Yeah. Okay, so let's play this real time. This happens, and I can imagine folks are all thinking about situations, similar things where you're just kind of so shocked you don't know what to say. I think, but you feel like you need to say something. So I think the transparency of that trying to not judge, which is very hard, I think, in that situation, but wow pause let's just call this man jake jake wow i'm a bit taken aback pause because at least what's happening is we're acknowledging a situation as opposed to kind of turning our heads and pretending that nothing happened so i'm 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 a bit taken aback and see if that person might kind of then be like oh maybe that wasn't so great i mean i, I think again without assuming you know, perhaps the person has really wasn't intending and has no idea. Okay, that would be assuming positive intention. So to see what the person does, and they may kind of lead, which can sets the conversation up a certain direction. They may say nothing, say, you know, I'm going to assume positive intention. I think you are, and you can just say you're a professional, you have, you're well-traveled, I think you appreciate all people, and I, a, a company, it takes everyone to, to make a company work. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with what was said. So again, you're not kind of accusing or, and, and just kind of stating where you are at, and they may again jump in. And, and I just want to honor, call Amy, Amy, you know, I, I do want to say that I have no issues at all understanding you. Um, I am Asian as well, so this is landing a bit odd for me. I have a lot of relatives who, you know, English isn't a first language. And Jake, I'm wondering what you were, what you were trying to accomplish. So quite, to the extent that you can ask a question and 
and then see where it goes. And he may he just may look and just like and, and again you have to gauge if someone you know was really just clueless. Jane, you know, if they're clueless, they're clueless. Or if they're like, this is kind of the way they are. They feel like they have the upper hand and they, this is their prerogative to, to treat people this way. That's a judgment call you have to make. And then you could just close. You know, I, I, um, I have to say I'm, I'm disappointed at, at that interaction. And um, it, it certainly doesn't uh, help me think about you more highly. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm happy to talk about this. I think we maybe are having very different experiences of it, Jake. Um, but I, I just have to tell you, it's not okay by me. Amy, I want you to know that I'm here with you. If I can be of any support, I'm happy to do that. Um, I'm hoping no one was intentionally trying to harm people, you know, just, but, but be a voice and then be supportive. You don't have to solve it. So I'll just I'll pause there. How is that landing? That lands really really well. I appreciate that. It, um, it creates some space. And in reflection, I think I was trying to manage everyone else's feelings at the time. I didn't want to shame him. I didn't want to make her uncomfortable. But really, it was about stepping up and expressing how I was feeling in the moment um, in a really respectful and authentic way. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I had said that. Well, I appreciate that it's never too late in situations too, and not to make it all about you, but I think in service too, we're all growing and learning. So please, and for all listeners, don't beat yourself up when you're like, oh my God, I missed a chance. I think there is opportunity at times to look back and help people um, be held to account for their actions as we would want. I mean, heaven forbid, you know, I have offended people and if, if some people don't come back and tell me, I don't know that, I can't do anything about it. So that's a, an ability to serve the other people. Um, I am curious being Asian, how, how you're processing it, Jane. Um, a lot comes to mind. Um, in one aspect, I feel like um, it's easier to advocate for others, um, right? But just witnessing that and and almost relating to that, that contributed to the shock. Um, and also, in reflection, I feel like we rarely think about racism and Asian um, in the same sentence. Um, it feels like such an overlooked and silent um, group. And, you know, on a more personal level, you know, I wasn't really raised to talk about those types of feelings. It was about moving forward and ignoring what others said. And, you know, I can see how silence can be complicit. Um, so there's a lot going on and I'm, I'm still processing and I'm still learning from this. Yes, that's a lot of awareness that you've just shared in that bite. And I, I appreciate it. I'm I have to say I'm in a similar situation. I think that phrase silence can be complicit. Uh, I think a lot of folks who may have been in marginalized situations um, need to appreciate that while it's, it may appear on one hand to be strong and to take the high road, you know, when we're not creating full transparency of what's going on, we're not really serving the whole. And so I think for folks who find it hard sometimes to speak up, it's not about you complaining. It's not about you being weak. It is about the fact that this, if this is part of the reality and your reality, 
that no one else can know about it if we don't share it, which is not to make other people bad or wrong, but without this accurate shared reality, right? We can't make the best decisions, execute with speed, get to great outcomes. So I say that for folks who, who might think negatively of themselves and turn that around to say, this is how you help yourself and everyone else be better. Totally agree. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, thank you for um, for calling in on this, and I think it is an ongoing topic. I um, I do want to encourage um, folks in these situations to get you know be whole with yourself. You don't need to know the answers. If you're if you want to help others, just be transparent. Like I I feel like I want to protect you. So this is the ability to share what's going on. For you and for others, there's no, we're not about answering. And I think if people took the pressure off of answering, but just were actually real and relating and feeling that that would be a starting point. So I just want to offer, you know, I think lots of folks want to have the answer and I'm not going to be done until I have the answer. This is obviously an ongoing thing. It's an, it's an emotional uh, topic as well as something that we do want to create positive change. So Please don't put pressure or feel like you need a there there, Jane, because it's um, it's really a journey that we're, that we're all going on together. Um, before we wrap, um, is there a particular top takeaway that's coming to mind for you? You know, the word community just popped up for me um, when you were talking about connecting to others, really, and, and sharing those stories. Um, so, yeah, the word community really pops up to me and um, being able to connect authentically and, and sharing where we are because um, yeah. it's a journey for sure. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, I appreciate your courage and your being real for folks. Uh, you know how to reach me if I can be of help. Please don't hesitate. And um, I thank you for being part of the solution. You take good care, Jane. Thank you. Okay, before my next caller, I do want to invite you, if something's come up for you, to give us a call on the show, 866-472-5790. If you're international, you can call Collecta Country Code 1-480-398-3352. And a reminder, if you're not on my mailing list yet, um, there's sayitskillfully.com, a host of resources to help you find the words so that you can communicate powerfully and, um, and productively. And now we're going to go to my backyard here at my stomping ground in New York, and I'm very excited to introduce Jason. Jason, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thanks, Molly. Great to be here. Great to have to be on the program. I think this is a, a great spot for you. I've seen you develop in your career, so this is great to be here and see what you're doing. It's extremely helpful for everyone. I appreciate you, and uh, you're a part of this, so I am um, grateful that you have made time, and what is on your mind today? I think for me, it's uh, seeing, you know, what we're seeing in the national spotlight around diversity and now a lot of change, a lot of positive change happening in the, in corporate America related to diversity. I think we're seeing a lot of companies start to embrace it, start to set up programs that are really looking at um, how they bring in candidates um, of a diverse quality but also setting up programs for underserved um, individuals. And I think that's amazing. And I think what's on my mind is 
how do we ensure that we, as part of that, within a corporate, are supporting that leadership initiative? And that's one. I think the other thing is, is wanting to ensure that companies are now embedding it as in part of their DNA and that it's not just a flashpoint because it happens to be in the national spotlight now, but ensuring that going forward, that companies really embed this as part of their DNA um, as a part of their organization going forward. So those, those two things are really have been top of mind for me. Uh, at my own heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for raising these. So, important and such a great opportunity and um, I had a conversation just on this topic uh, with some folks in, in companies and I, I love the way you're just calling out like this national spotlight it's like uh oh national spotlight we're in a national spotlight and you know obviously a lot of this hasn't happened before <laughs> so you know we would have made these changes if we had thought we needed to or thought it was the right thing to do right and so now there's a national spotlight. Whoa, we need diversity initiatives. And I'm being ex- a little exaggerating here. I know a lot of folks have had some interest, but there's certainly an ex- kind of an accelerator, stepping on the accelerator feeling to it. And um, I was with actually a leadership team where someone just raised, hey, say, you know, look at, we're definitely amping it up because of the national spotlight. That's part of the reality. If, if we didn't have some of this pressure, we wouldn't be moving as quickly and as earnestly as we are. And I was like, thank you. Great transparency. It's just the part of the reality. Let's not make people bad or wrong. I think that acknowledging that for companies that are doing things, you know, at an accelerated or in a far different way perhaps than they had been, you know, this is a way you create trust with your your base. And so I, I, I see um, that ability to say, you know what, we're kicking ourselves in the in the pants here. It, obviously, we value everyone. We haven't done as good of a job telegraphing that and making that actionable and, and having that demonstrable in our culture. And with this national spotlight, we are embracing it and we want to lead the way or whatever the intention of the company is. So I do want to offer that to, to leaders that people, employees want their leaders to be real. And and presumably you're hiring pretty smart people. And so if there's any scent of things not being, you know, up front, your people are going to know it. So just encourage full transparency and, and also that we don't necessarily have the answers. I think that that's fine too, because, you, you know, you're just trying to be real. And, and with our previous caller, Jane, you know, this is everybody, this, we are all in this together. We're all part of the problem, all part of the solution. And for folks who are in an organization at the top right now, if it's not exactly the way you want it to be, which is totally, totally valid, just know you were part of creating what is today. I was part of creating what is today. So we all have to own that. So let me just pause there on those comments. How's that landing for you? I think that's great. I, I think I think you're spot on. I think leadership needs to be transparent. I think to your point, uh, there's a lot of fast change going on with companies now that it's in the national spotlight, which is fantastic. I think as as a manager and as an individual contributor to a company, w- what I'm hoping to see is that this is lasting change and that there's going to be ongoing initiatives where we're hiring people into some some companies that didn't have diversity and inclusion programs 
and that we're seeing on a regular basis leadership report back on how they're doing against some of their metrics, whether it's getting you know, more diversity in boards, um, more gender equality in leadership, those types of things. I think there's a lot that can be done at the leadership level to continue on this journey. I think that's what I want to see as a manager and as an individual contributor is to see that this is really becoming part of the DNA and so that this transparency continues in terms of ongoing report bats, evolving programs, things of that nature, and then wanting to see more about how I can support that as a manager myself, what things that I can do to support it as a manager and individual contributor. I think then we'll all know that it's fundamentally a part of the DNA and the culture of the company. It's not just a one and done for a lack of a better you know, phrase phenomenon because it happens to be in the national spotlight. Yeah. Before I get to the program, so that's a beefy thing. Would you share, um, it sounds like you've been in just corporate, I'll just loosely call it corporate America. And would you share your experiences in the past? Um, has leadership, you know, exceeded the expectations? Have you been disappointed? Have you been shocked? Um, share with listeners a bit of your the context that you've you've lived through. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great question. I think for me, not I'll, I'll switch topics a little bit, but but something uh, relative to the point about being transparent and real is, I think you know we're seeing a lot of companies espouse leadership principles, ways of working as leaders, as managers, and how they value employees. You know, might. Personally, I've had a situation where some senior leaders have gone to some of my team, um, have treated them not in a professional manner, um, which, you know, I didn't see directly because I wasn't either part of the meetings or part of the email chains, but then later had a number of my direct reports who were impacted come to me, you know, with deep concerns over some language um, that some of these managers were using that at very senior levels. And so, you know, for me, I had to take it very seriously because they felt they were being retaliated against or being bullied, their, their terms, their words. And as a manager, I had to start listening to this very, you know, extensively because that goes against, you know, what's being espoused at the, at the more senior leader levels in terms of behavior and expectations of leaders um, and those principles. And so that situation really challenged me as a manager to really listen in to understand were these terms being thrown around loosely or did they really mean them at the heart of what I think we've all come to learn retaliation and bullying to be. And in my circumstance, they really did mean those terms in, in the way that we now understand them. And so that, you know, evolved to conversations that I had to have with employee relations um, to understand what I should be doing as a manager. Um, and so that was an interesting situation because it was really challenging or really kind of going into, hey, we have some senior leadership without you know, who are demonstrating bad behaviors, you know, what can we do about it as individuals and as managers? And so 
that was a very real situation because, again, it's about transparency. If you're going to talk about these things, then what are you really doing about it when these types of issues come up? Yeah, it's, it is very serious um, when you get into those kinds of words. And I, and I, um, I have lived through, you know, people, good people want to do the right thing. They are told that if something is um, not right, that you can go to this particular outlet and it's totally fine and we want to hear it. Um, there is oftentimes great hesitancy to do that because, you know, the previous track record didn't go well or nothing was done about it. And, you know, I, I am curious to the extent that you can share, do you feel like the official channels were effective or not? You know, I made sure I was going through the right channels and there was dialogues with our employee relations team and then there, they had individual discussions with those people on my team um, without me, right? Because it, need, it needed to be done very um, directly and without any bias from me. And, you know, during those conversations, I think the employee relations folks got a good sense of what was going on because those folks on my team were directly impacted. And, you know, to your question, it was, we all felt at the end, it was handled in a less, less than in a way that we had hoped in that what came back to us was coaching for us in how to engage that senior leader. But that senior leader was not getting any coaching. Nothing was discussed with them there were no discussions with their leadership on this behavior and come to find out this was not the first time this leader had demonstrated um, action and words and behavior that was counter to the leadership principles that were being espoused by the corporation. So I think, you know, to answer your question directly, no, we all felt that it wasn't handled in a way that would lead to positive change. And so it made us question, well, if you're going to have these leadership principles, but you're not going to hold everyone accountable, then what are we to do or what are other people going to do when they may hear of our story? Are they going to be willing to bring things up to, you know, an HR business partner or employee relations because they're going to feel that, well, if nothing is changing when others have brought it up, what's the point of our bringing it up? And I think that's the, the concern that m myself and my team had is there was nothing further done about it. Now, what does this say about have there been other cases where there hasn't been effective discussions or coaching, you know, done to more senior leaderships and are they untouchable and then, therefore, why do we have these leadership principles? So, you know, again, to answer your question, no, we didn't feel it was handled correctly, but it led then to our, you know, really asking ourselves, then what does this mean overall to the company? And what are these leadership principles all about? And are there really a dividing line between those that are held accountable and those that can kind of run freely as long as, you know, they're getting what needs to get done for the company, done. Yes. Thank you for being open and sharing that. 
and I appreciate you sharing that with listeners. I can envision a lot of heads nodding. I've heard this a lot. You know, we talk, we don't walk the talk. And fundamentally, it's an integrity and it's a trust issue. And so, you know, one of my greatest um, mentors and inspiration, Alan Mulally, talks about the role of the senior leader. And that is one of the key parts is holding people to account for the behaviors, whatever the expected and accepted behaviors are, that there, there's no gray on that. And I don't really care what grade level, how senior you are. If you're not going to adhere to them, you're out. And um, that, unfortunately, I have seen bent quite a bit for people who have been a long time or maybe they have great results. And sometimes it gets a bit gray. So just note to all the folks, listeners, and if you are a leader, you know, people are smart. And if they see two sets of rules, you are losing them. <laughs> That's, it's, it's not, those aren't the, the culturals that people really want to be a part of. So, um, and it, it can be easy to make excuses. You know, I, I'd like to just lean on this happens and how could people, like what could people say and do? And I think having compassion for folks who are in the, I'll just call that the employee relations box. I mean, I think the feeling could be, well, you want us to be open and honest. You really wish this weren't happening and you really don't want to do anything. That can be how it comes across for the, the people that they're, so they want to serve. I know that that's not what they want to do. Uh, perhaps they may feel like their hands are tied. I think the folks who are interacting with them, people like you, could say, look, it, I have compassion for you sitting where you sit. I think you're a good person. This is the situation our team feels like that they've shared openly. We've been very vulnerable. We've been told that we have things that we can improve on, not pushing back on that. Help me with the accountability on the leadership piece. What is going on that's going to help the leadership be better? And, you know, you have to just say, and if they're like, blah, 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 so, well, wait a second, wait a second, please, really. I mean, if you were in my shoes, and you had this happen, if you were one of these people for whom was, would you want to hear that the other person has not had anybody chatting with them or offering to help them? And, and then just, and then you have to look at the person and say, hey, I, you know, I like you as a human being. I, I, it, fails, it fails me that this could possibly be the right thing for our organization. It's really not going well. And I'm going to ask you, what can we do? I refuse, to, I refuse to let this be brushed under the carpet because I can't sleep. So there's a bit of vulnerability. And I'm not saying those are the exact words for people to find what's true for you, which is to say, and, and you, can, you can mention that I push, I hope I'm being respectful about it. I'm thinking about what's right for the organization. And if I phoned up the CEO and the CEO went through this in the level of detail, would that CEO think that this is the, would they be proud with? Is this what they would want to report to the board? I have, a, I have trouble thinking that this is what they would want. And I'm not threatening to escalate it to the board, but you know, I do think that I need to, to be part of positive change. That's why I joined this organization. So let's pause there, and I'm not advocating you should have done that, but I'm wondering if in the future you feel like if that were to come up, you might have a way to kind of keep the issue live and not let it be swept under. I think it's a great point because I think it's putting accountability 
on the team that's raising the issues to say, yes, we are, there are things that we can do. We'll take your coaching advice, employee relations, put it into practice, but then you're asking something of the employee relations team. I think it's a great way to frame it because now there's some dual accountability for us to take ownership of the issue, but then as an organization, the employee relations to do what in our mind is their job to help facilitate this, to ensure that these things are dealt with and and managed to the guidance of the leadership principles that we're all hearing as an organization. So I think that's, that's great advice because then you want something from me and then let me ask something of you. And then you're in it together um, as a team to, to really manage that issue together. Um, I I think that's great. I, I think the concern, right. From, people like myself, managers, and direct reports is you hope that that then happens and that it's just not set aside because a lot of times you won't know if those conversations are actually happening, but you, you want to believe that they are um, getting up to more senior levels in the HR organization. And then if it's happening over time, that it is up to the leadership level um, you know, again, if it is something that is happening regularly with either one particular person or if it's happening throughout the company and needs to be addressed because it really goes against the leadership principles. But I, I, that's really helpful. I love the point you brought up about the not necessarily knowing what happened. This is really a key point. So I think someone wants to do the right thing. Yep, we're going to go forward. Great. When do you think you'll have a chance to loop back? I would love to be able to close the loop with our folks because that will show them that we're walking the talk of the organization's values. Well, oh, I understand that it might, you know, folks may, I'm not trying to get into any confidential information, but put yourself in my shoes and in these other folks' shoes. You know, I want them to trust and to respect the leadership. And I know you want them to, too. So could you make the ask up the chain? We'd like to have the full you know, closure on this because what that says to my team is that our voice matters and we can be agents of change. And without that, it doesn't feel like we have integrity um, of, our act- of our words and our actions. You have to make it really hard for them to say, well, we can, we can tell you. Like, wait a second, you can look at all the numbers. I can give you all my expense reports, but this we can't cover. And so I just want to, for all listeners, you know, say, hey, I, I just want the appropriate level of transparency, you know, without getting into personal confidential information. But that, that you know, when we responsibly use our voice and advocate for positive change, right, that we want to have happen, that we get the, the loop back. And that's a very reasonable ask. Okay, Jason, that's not like, whoa, right? So again, and, and say my spirit here is as I want us to be better together. Like I'm fine personally, but you know, I, I feel like this is what needs to happen. And again, trying to serve the whole. I think that that's um, an opportunity. I don't want people to feel like, okay, well, I went there. I didn't get the answer I want and there's nothing else I can do. And I just want to encourage folks to, to, to kind of be, to, consistent and to have the pressure and to try to help the change because the positive intent is companies want to value their people. They want their people to be their best. They do want to work better together and have great results. And sometimes they're just not clear that they're in their own way. Right. And so 
I appreciate for people who may be rolling their eyes like, oh my God, it'll never change. Yes, it can change. I have seen it change. It takes sometimes some pressure, right? And, and, and stepping on the accelerator a little bit to help, uh, to help that happen. Um, let's segue to some of these programs because you talked, uh, your first um, question was a bit about some of the initiatives and, and how can employees and managers support them. Um, so do you have a particular program that was either really great or one that was not so great to just use as an illustration? Um, you know, I guess before we get to that, I think that I just wanted to touch on the point that you made, which I think was, was, a, was a really strong one to bring the topics we've been talking about together, the diversity topic, and then also, you know, leadership principles. It's all about, to your point, I think that I, I heard you say is, positive change and transparency. And through that, that's the only way that leaders are going to drive change in both these topics uh, is ensuring that there's follow-up, that there's transparency, and that will help them drive positive change, both on the diversity front and people living these, you know, either leadership principles or other programs in the, in the company. So I just wanted to, to touch on that because I think you made a great point. And I just want to bring those two topics together. To your question, I think, you know, one, a couple of positive programs that I've seen and heard from others, um, some companies are establishing um, scholarships um, for underprivileged or underrepresented, rather, students who are looking for um, jobs post-undergraduate or graduate. I think that's a one, a one program that's great. Um, and I think as, as managers, I, I've heard people tell me that they are now asked to look at a more diverse candidate pool um, and bring in a diverse candidate pool in the um, process when they're assessing for roles. And so those are two types of programs that I think are, that I've heard of anyway, which I think will drive positive change. And I think that, you know, as a manager, I certainly can take the latter program um, and help look for more diverse candidates. And that in terms of scholarships, I happen to be, and this is where I think others can get involved, being involved in recruiting at schools and in, you know, encouraging students and making them aware that these scholarships now exist um, because so many scholarships go unutilized. But th those are two types of programs that, that, that I've come across. Um, that I think will be be helpful that we can all be a part of. Um, awesome. I don't know if you have other thoughts in terms of how to embed other types of things or other things you've heard of that are working well. I love those ideas. I think for me, um, for organizations, it is about um, a, of shared reality alignment in the organization of of where are we now. Um, and yes, there can be some metrics numbers about that, but it can also be about the atmosphere, the environment. Are we having the tough conversations? Are people using their voice? And I think that, that it's really important to have an anchoring of where are we really. And if we have folks who, um, let's just say, you know, we have a decently diverse population, which is awesome. Does that, do folks feel like they are all contributing? And I just think it's important without judging to say, where are we now? And then as a, as a whole, what's great look like for us? And, and what is it that we want? And I, I do like to offer diversity in the broadest sense of the word, people, places, ideas, experiences, right? There's absolutely an ethnicity 
a racial component, but the most uh, diverse teams are the highest performing teams. No shock, right? The data shows that. I'm going to say maybe a dirty little secret, but this is the deal. When you have diverse teams, it takes a higher level of capability for that team to work well together because individuals have to be able to communicate differently. They have to have more range and ability to hear people. So how they have to work together takes more work. It's more sophisticated. They're not better people, but that team, so not shockingly, has to perform at a higher level to be able to harness all of that diversity. And so there needs to be a focus on that. If you just put a diverse group of people together without the ability to help people come together, to see the different perspectives and to work together, it can be a train wreck and you would be getting far better results with a homogeneous group, right? I'm not advocating for that, but you know, I just think having the diversity doesn't kind of magically mean it's all going to come um, together smoothly. It takes some investment in helping people work well together. And so I think that that having conversations about that is a really great thing and having the ability to co-create. I think sometimes companies may make it a little bit harder because they're trying to like, we have to come up with something. We, people want us to take action. We need an action. And I get the pressure at the same time when you can co-create something and people are buying in, I think it gives everyone a chance to be part of whatever change it is. So I, I would think about it less about programs that I know about, but maybe the approach to how, um, companies go about figuring out what they're going to do. Um, and I think the, you know, I, I think this, um, there's a, I mean, I, I've talked to folks about the metrics and talk about we don't achieve what we don't measure. So I think there is a fine line for that. And I do think that there's a sub, subjective kind of metric too. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the optics matter. And, and so I would encourage folks when you think about recruiting to consider best Maybe you need the absolute best software engineer ever on the planet. That's great. But let's say there's a range. And so you absolutely want competent people. And for those of us who are in underrepresented minorities, there's nothing more annoying than when you see someone who doesn't, isn't really competent, but they're getting the job because they are X. And that's just a bummer. So we want to make sure that people can do the job. Um, and then you start to think about maybe we value, you know, that they you know, grew up overseas or they were, you know, a refugee and they can add to the cognitive diversity of, of a group. Um, and I just will offer in recruiting as well, sometimes you have a job and this is what you want, but maybe there's a component of the job that the candidate isn't perfect at right now, but you think they can get there. Okay. Maybe you decide that we're going to provide some support for that person because there's all these other facets of this individual that we think is are amazing, but we're going to make sure that we give them a little extra support here so that we can put them in this role. So I just offer those as some different schemes that you think a little bit creatively so that we set people up for best success. How's that land for you? I think that's great. I think the other thing that you triggered was, you know, for a lot of teams, this is going to be new and how, and how you work together. I think you made a great point about diverse teams lead to better decision-making because you're getting new and different points of view, which lead to better decisions. I think, though, to your point, it's new for people in some cases to work in these more diverse groups, and it can be challenging. And the ones that do it well are higher-performing higher teams and higher-performing corporates. I think you made a great point there. It just triggered in my mind that then companies can help 
people get up that learning curve by establishing a, probably some programs around learning and development. How do you work in diverse teams? How do you manage diverse teams, whether that's the makeup of gender or culture? Um, but those are probably programs that can help embed this and make it more a part of a company's DNA. And if you see companies taking the time to build learning and development tools for managers, for individuals, and how to work better in diverse teams, I think that'll make it more, you know, again, a, a part of a, a lasting change in the organization. So, That's you know, awesome. some, some of the things that you were mentioning made awesome. me think of, you know, make this a part of learning and development as well, and that will yeah. help embed this and lead to more lasting change. I appreciate it. We're wrapping on time. This, I love this conversation. You know how to reach me. I'd love to continue it with you, Jason. You take good care, and I thank you for being part of the solution. Uh, to close, I appreciate that much of life around you may not feel in your control or even your influence. So I hope that this thought for the week from my morning meditation, courtesy of Ramey Sassoon, encourage you to make time to clear your headspace. Learn to calm down the winds of your mind and you will enjoy great inner peace. And that's a wrap. My thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 